when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. And so we're going to talk about the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. We'll see if I get through this morning. If we don't, you know how we do it. We'll, we'll go on to next week and we'll keep unpacking prayer. I've got, I've got three completely different lessons that I really want to dive into. Um, um, this one, I'm going to be talking about the importance of prayer. Um, the next lesson that I want to break out is we're going to begin to talk about the importance of praying out loud. I've taught that one on a Sunday night, I'm sorry, on a Wednesday night, and I, I feel like that we need to, we need to unpack that again. Um, man, good morning. How are you? Doing good. So we're going to begin to unpack prayer and why it's important to us. As I begin this morning, I, I want to just lead with this. Just as it's necessary to maintain our physical man through the proper diet, and we have to have a proper exercise, um, there are things that are necessary to maintain the spiritual man as well. Um, one of those things being fasting, right? We, we talked about fasting. Why, why do we fast? And I'm going to unpack that in weeks to come as well. But <clears throat> it is important for the Christian to recognize that there are basic elements of spiritual maintenance in our life. Without a consistent lifestyle that provides for the needs of that spiritual man, our relationship with God will begin to decline or we will begin to separate from God. If we neglect our spiritual man, we will eventually digress to the point of spiritual decay. And that's going to leave a mere shell of Christianity in your life. Our spiritual well-being is dependent upon a few things. Prayer, fasting, and study of the Word of God. Prayer, fasting, and study of the Word of God. When these things are, are met consistently, when these needs are fulfilled consistently, your relationship with God begins to blossom. We are, as uh, I've, I've pointed this out many times, the scripture teaches us that we are like trees, planted. God planted us where God planted us. There's several aspects to that, but those trees weren't planted just to be pretty nor were they just planted to give shade. But those trees were planted to bear fruit. It's imperative that we're bearing fruit. And that fruit should be his fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, we've talked about that in times gone by, but you got to understand it's not the fruits. We're not talking about different fruits here. We're talking about a single fruit that is his fruit. And his fruit has certain characteristics. 
Those characteristics being love, joy, there should be joy in every Christian's life. Does that mean, is joy and happiness the same thing? Have you ever considered that? Joy and happiness, is it the same thing? I believe joy brings happiness. You can't ha- in my mind, you can't have happiness without joy. But sometimes you have to pursue joy. Jesus said you have to leap for joy sometimes. I need more of him. In fact, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So how do we obtain these things? It's through being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's very, I'm not trying to dumb it down too much, but it's really simple. Um, when you begin to dig into what, what it is God wants in our lives. <clears throat> so all of that being said, I want to focus on the bit about prayer today. I want to begin to dig into why is it important to have prayer in our lives. Starting with the fact that having a consistent prayer life contributes to my spiritual growth. Colossians, and if you've got your Bibles, Colossians chapter 1. In verse number 9, Colossians chapter 1 and 9. Give me a moment so you can see it in your Bible. I know I have it on the screen too. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray. Do not cease to pray for you and and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Colossae and he said, Since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray. True prayer is communion and communication with God. You can't have a good relationship without communication. You've got to be able to talk to those you love. In order to let that love grow, in order, in order to let your um, knowledge of that individual grow, you've got to, you've got to converse. You've got to have communication. Now, communication is not a one-way street. Communication goes both ways. And we're going to talk about that in a little while in regards to to, uh, uh, prayer. But when you're talking to God, we shouldn't be the one talking all the time, nor should we be sitting there silently waiting for God to talk to us the entire time. And in my opinion, my prayer life consists of a lot of doing both. Typically, I'll, I'll get my mind, I'll talk a lot right at the beginning of my prayer uh, as I begin talking to the Lord and, and just trying to get my mind and my heart moved away from the things of life and onto Him. And I'll get to a place and then if, if once I get to a place where I've given God everything I think I can think of, then I just sit there and say, God, all right, I've done enough talking to you. I need you to talk to me. And sometimes it's as little as 
He puts a scripture verse in my mind. And I go find the Bible and I start reading. Or he puts a thought in my mind and I begin to study that out. Not every time does God just completely just start saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? But most of the time he'll say, all right, here's something that you need to go consider. Go learn what that means. <laughs> Jesus told the, uh, I believe it was the Pharisees one day, they, they were trying to accuse him of some things, and he responded, and he told them some, some, some things, and he said, go learn what that means. <laughs> um, so Jesus had a sense of humor, by the way. So I think it's okay for a preacher to have a, a sense of humor every once in a while. What do you think, Veronica? <clears throat> of course. Amen. Life would be not very fun and not very bearable if you couldn't have a sense of humor. Amen. Sometimes you even got to just laugh at yourself. Or look in the mirror and like, dude, what were you thinking? <clears throat> oh, I can't count on two hands how many times that's happened. <laughs> oh, praise God. Communion with God, there's got to be an exchange. Not a, not a monologue. Monologue's kind of what's happening right now. I'm just talking to you. But a dialogue has to transpire when you're talking to the Lord. In prayer, there must be a mutual communication. I must, everybody say I must. I must hear from God. I must hear from God as well as speak to him. In prayer, I must give of myself to God. And I must receive from God. Prayer in and of itself is more than telling God what I want him to hear. Just, just so you know, God already knows everything else. You're not going to pull one over on God. You can't just go to God and say, hey, here's my side of the story. You need to side with me. <laughs> because he sees all things. That's why you got to be careful when you're praying for your enemies. That you're not praying only judgment because God can see all things. We'll talk about that later on. But in prayer, I must give of myself to God and I must receive from God. Prayer is more than telling God what I want to hear, what him to hear. But true prayer is bringing ourselves into a spiritual condition in which God can speak to us and instruct us. I'll never forget I don't know I don't know how it all worked out in the spirit, but I do know what happened, and that is this. And Brother Tuffy, if you're all right, I'm going to use you as an example, if that's okay. But I can I remember it's been a little over a year ago. I was teaching right here on a Sunday morning. And this podium wasn't here. I was walking back and forth right here in the front of the church. And I was teaching, preaching, whatever. And all of a sudden, I felt like God spoke to me, and he said, somebody needs to obey what I've asked them to do. And I turned around in that Sunday morning service, and I said, somebody in here, God's been dealing with your heart about something. And Wednesday night, income Brother Tuffy completely changed. He didn't look the same. I thought it, he walks in, and he looked like an apostolic man. Hair was cut, he was shaven, and all of a sudden, 
Brother, Brother Mendez walked over to him, shook his hand. I was like, oh, Brother, Brother Mendez got a, a friend of his come to church tonight, you know. So it was pretty cool. And I walk over, and well, for sure, he, Brother Mendez had a friend come to church that night. <laughs> but, but I didn't know who it was. God had already, uh-uh, I, I was talking to my wife over there. <laughs> it, was a, it was a beautiful surprise, but God works in that way. God had already been dealing with his heart about it. In fact, what was crazy was Thursday night, he and I still meet as often as we can on Thursday nights. And that Thursday night, he told me, uh, I had been praying. I said, God, maybe I, should, maybe I should. it was after Wednesday night that I saw he had, he had changed how he looked. And, and I said, all right, God, I don't want to just do it just to do it. But if it's your will, I want, I want to do this. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to show him in the scripture why it was that God was working on his heart to do what he did. And he walks in, and I said, hey, you know, I've been praying about this all day. I, I want to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I don't remember exactly how it came out, but he goes, no way. And I said, what? He goes, I literally, just before I left my house just now, read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He walks in. I said, well, let's go through chapter 11 together. God worked it out perfectly. And he's been five times. We need a passion to let God speak to our hearts. All of us need a passion. Not just every one, not just, just once in a while, but every single day we ought to be seeking God, saying, God, what do you want in my life and how can I change myself so that I can be aligned with you? The Apostle Paul said we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not conformed to this world. I remember I showed you guys the, the whole example with the bottles, right? You know, this water is conformed to this bottle. But if I were to dump this water out on this podium, it would take a different transformation than what it, it has right now. It would begin to spread. That word transformation is the same word that we use in metamorphosis, right? Takes a caterpillar and changes that caterpillar into a butterfly. That's the kind of transformation that we need. When the Holy Ghost comes, when the Holy Ghost begins to work in our life, man, I feel it. I feel him here. When, when the Holy Ghost begins to work in our life, we're no longer stuck to crawling on the ground and stuck to this earth. But he allows us to spread our wings and begin to fly and begin to soar in the spiritual realms. And you know what? There's no better thing that I can think of the experiences that I've had, let me tell you, the spiritual world is just as real as what you can feel, hear, feel, see, smell. It's just, it's just as, I spilled my water all over this. <laughs> it did transform, but I'm worried it's going to mess up my iPad here. <clears throat> That's what happens when you get carried away with Object lessons. Um, but the Holy Ghost 
it wants, it wants to take you to not just different places, but it wants to take you to new heights. Amen. But you can only get there by digging deeper into his glory. How can I do that? Well, number one, you got to start with prayer. I love to read the word of God. I love to study the word of God. And I encourage you to study the word of God. I encourage you to read the word of God often. But let me tell you something. If you're only reading this and you're not praying, all you're doing is putting it into your mind. But somehow you've got to take it from the mind region and get it into the heart region to where it becomes a passion in your life. That's what Jesus told the Pharisees. He said, look, you guys got an understanding of what the law is all about, but it's not in your heart. And we've got to have it in our heart. I can know all of the do's and don'ts in the scripture and still not make heaven my home. I can apply all of the do's and don'ts in the scripture to my life and still not make heaven my home. Why? Because we've got to obey. But Jesus said the greatest commandment of all is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God. How? With everything that you've got. Don't have time to break that down, but you've got to understand prayer in and of itself, is helping break us down physically and mentally and allowing his spirit to come and feel the gaps that we never were able to feel. He gives us the ability to grow and to become more. Through increased communication with God, through our prayer, we learn about God and we grow in him. The more that I pray, the closer that I get to God, and the stronger my walk and relationship with God will become. Nothing can replace the need for prayer in my life. Nothing can. Without prayer, you will be spiritually weak and spiritually immature. I feel so strongly about it. I, I've, I've always considered, how many of you guys have ever known anybody with, with blood pressure problems? Yeah, me too. And if I'm not careful, you, you're going to know me with blood pressure problems. But I believe prayer is the lifeblood that runs through your spiritual being. And if it's not healthy, and if it's not well-maintained, it's going to have detrimental effects to your spiritual life. Well, glory. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Prayer is your spiritual lifeline, my friend. It is the source of spiritual strength. It is important for you to spend time in prayer Every single day. You can't let it go by. You can't let it go by. Spiritual things that we need in order to live for God and overcome sin can only be obtained from 
God throughout our prayer life. Consistent prayer life builds up and it increases my faith. You ever considered that? I know preaching brings faith. It builds our faith. But in order to maintain that faith on a daily basis, you've got to have a prayer life. And it makes it stronger. That's not just my opinion, but I want you to hear what Jude had to say. Jude, Jude verse number 20. Jude verse number 20, the Bible says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. How can I build up my most holy faith? By praying. Really, really simple. In fact, I submit to you that living for God is not a hard thing. It may be hard to be consistent. But let me tell you, we're pretty consistent in some other things in our life, right? I don't know if I've ever taught it this way here as of yet, but it's going to end up coming out, so just, just so you know. But it is my belief, and I believe I can get scripture for it, that we ought, to, we ought to look at church just like we do our everyday job. We ought to treat church like we would our everyday job. Our relationship with God should be something that is more important than even going to work on a regular basis. I'm not saying abandon work, okay? But what I am trying to help you understand is we are more committed and we are more faithful to our our day-to-day jobs than we are to our relationship with God. What would happen if we took the same tenacity that we have that we use when we go to work? We we do our best to be there on time. We are involved there. But why am I involved at work? Well, because I know <laughs> that if I'm not involved, they're going to replace me with somebody else that will be involved. Well, it's no different in the kingdom of God. Sometimes I think. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we're not putting two weeks in with God, right? <clears throat> but I no, I, I'm with you there. Sometimes we think we're not we're not appreciated. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes God withdraws from us. He's done it to me. Just to see. Do I, am I here because I love him or am I here for the loaves and fishes? I don't want to, Veronica, I don't want to be here just for the loaves and fishes. Because the loaves and fishes, they're going to go away. You know, there was a time, and this isn't, I'm not saying that. I've told you guys I'm not saying those things. I, I used to say a lot that it's not in my notes. And they've learned that 90% of what I say is not in my notes. So it's pointless to say that. So Jesus was teaching one day. And as he was teaching, he had some hard things to say to the crowd that day. And the crowds left him because they couldn't accept his teaching. And Jesus turned to his disciples, the 12 that he had had handpicked, and he looked at them and he said, will you go away also? Is 
anybody know what Peter said? He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou alone hast the words of eternal life. Look, it may be hard, but when we get to heaven, our hardship, the time that we have to spend fighting different battles in life, is going to be absolutely nothing when we compare it to the eternity that we get to spend with our Savior. When he speaks, it affects our eternity. When the word of God comes forth, in a little while, Brother Mullins is going to be preaching to us. When the word of God comes forth, God is speaking to us the words of eternal life. And somehow we've got to take a hold of those things because that's what's going to carry us into eternity. Not my hardship. The devil knows that we've, we are very limited in our view of life, in our perspective of life. Everybody understands what perspective means, right? You've got, you got this, you're looking at something from, from your point of view. But there's always a bigger picture. God can see the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen in between. He's already given you the tools to work with to help you with everything that you have to deal with in between. You just have to trust him. And when you are at wit's end, I can promise you there is something better than, what's that, what's that ADHD um, medicine that they take? Ritalin. There's something better than Ritalin. There's something better than Prozac. There's something better than alcohol and drugs and all of those things. And that's Jesus. He will say, I can't consume Jesus. Well, you can, but you've got to be consumed with prayer. I, I never forget, my father-in-law always told us this story as I was coming up. He, had, he was dealing with a situation in another place, and uh, he was standing in the pulpit one night, and a uh, man got upset with him because of how he was he was having to deal with sin in the church. And he was, he was confronting certain things that were happening. And, and uh, a big old boy stood up, comes down the middle aisle and, and looks at him dead in the eye and says, Preacher, come down here. We're going to settle this like men do. And my father-in-law didn't budge. He stood there in the pulpit. And he looked out at the congregation. He said, Church, we need to pray. And that man got irate and began to holler and say, all you know how to do is pray about everything. And my father-in-law says, well, man, I appreciate that comment. Let me tell you something. In, in the face of something like that, in the, let me tell you, 
situations in life arise and you feel like you've got a, a demon looking at you in the eyes saying, hey, you've got no hope. Come on, let's let's deal with this like like men do. No, no, let's let's deal like with let's let's deal with this like God does, right? Let's talk to him. Let's let's take it to a new realm. The realm that it should be fought in is in the spiritual realm. Let him let him help us. He's the one that's going to give us strength. I, I'll never forget. Um, I was I was listening to Brother uh, Verbal Bean's book. Um, he wasn't a book, it was a lesson he taught on prayer, and he was teaching about prayer, and, and I was going through this book, and I, and I keep saying book, it was, I was actually listening to him, him teach the class, but there's also a book that's the dictation of what he taught, and one of the things he said, and maybe I, I'm, I'm going to get this off a little bit, so if I do, correct me, but, but Elder Bean said this, he said, he said, brethren, there have been times that I have been in the floor like I have been wrestling with a man as I went to God in prayer. Sometimes, sometimes the spiritual becomes physical. And sometimes we got to let hell know, I don't care how foolish I look, I'm going to stand my ground with my Savior. Can only do that if you're consistent in your prayer life. You can only do it when you're walking with God on a regular basis. Man, I, I would I would love for the day to come that God, you know, that, that I have the experience that Enoch had. I wish to God that I could have the experience that that Elijah had. They didn't see death. But they walked with God so. Was Elijah a perfect man? No. Elijah had an attitude. Elijah had problems. But Elijah allowed God to speak to him and help him through those situations and still remain faithful to God. Does that mean Elijah never questioned God? No. If you think that, you haven't read, read anything about Elijah. Elijah felt sorry for himself. Almost, not too long after he just had a major victory. He was feeling sorry for himself. God, I'm the only one out here. You know, the enemy wants you to think that you're, you're all alone. And you're on an island somewhere. Because when you do that, then you begin to say, well, what's the point? Is it really worth it? And then you begin to, man, it'd be all right just to throw in the towel on this and, and on that. And eventually, you've completely thrown in and you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's why it's important that we come to church. We have to come together. We have to be together in one place in one accord. Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says that he, he, he would look, 
he, he encouraged the church. He said, look, I want you to come together in the unity, not, not of the people, but of the spirit. Because when we're in line with him and we've come together to worship him in one place, does it have to be this building? Well, no, absolutely not. But we need to come together and worship God. God provided us this building. Why not come to this building? God planted us together as a body. I need you and you need me. And we need each other praying on a regular basis. Regular basis. Amen. The closer we get to God, the more we're going to know him. The greater our understanding of his power and ability will become. When you understand who God is, there is certain confident faith that comes into your life. In fact, Paul exhibited the confident faith that I'm talking about in Philippians chapter number 4 and verse 19. Philippians 4 and 19, the Bible says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, some would say I'm straining at a gnat. That's fine. But when I see this scripture and when I read this scripture, I don't believe there's an accident in the word of God ever. But this scripture simply says, but my God shall supply all your, didn't say needs, plural, it said your need. What is my need? Well, I need him. When he fulfills that need, everything else comes just like it needs to. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. He said that after he just went through a whole dissertation of talking about how that you don't need to worry about what you're going to wear tomorrow. You don't have to worry about what you got put on the table tomorrow. But the only thing that you need to worry about is seeking him. Becoming righteous like unto him. Say, well, the scripture tells me that there is none righteous, no none but God. And that's true. We can't become righteous, Veronica, without him helping us become righteous. I need his spirit. That's why it's important to pray. We've got to pray. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And it is impossible to have true faith without consistent prayer. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Prayer nurtures and increases our faith. Prayer must be more than uttering words or just saying things. We must enter into the spirit of prayer we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, I've said this, and maybe I'll get crucified for it someday, but I, I just want you to understand, I, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm that anomaly that's weird, but I don't 
I don't always break through and pray in tongues every single day. There's some days that I spend just time talking to God and, and basking in his presence. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm not saying you're going to have to talk in tongues every day, but you need to pray until you touch God every day. You need to pray. The reason I'm saying that is because I've had folks come to me and say, Pastor, I'm getting, I'm so discouraged. I, I don't know, you know, like there's days that I don't get, get down into a deep place in the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm seeking after it. I'm, I'm, I'm going after it. But I haven't reached it. My, my encouragement is don't stop pursuing it. If you don't reach it today, come back tomorrow. If you don't reach it tomorrow, look, there was a time that in my life as a young man that I, I hit a dry spell in my walk with God. Not because I quit praying. I don't know what was going on, Brother Mullins. I have no idea. It was a long period of time. It was three or four months that I, I would go and I couldn't feel what I've always felt in my walk with God. And I was going nuts. God, what did I do wrong? Where are you? What has happened? And one day, somebody came and they preached about how that, I believe it was Jeremiah that stated, when my people seek for me with all their heart, I can be found of them. And I think it was a Saturday, maybe it was a Sunday afternoon, I don't remember, between services. But I said, all right, God, I'm sick and tired of this. <laughs> I, got, I got a little angry, got a little frustrated. And I said, God, I'm going to the church. And I'm not getting up and I'm not leaving that place until I know that I have felt your presence like I used to feel. You know what? He didn't disappoint me that day. And since then, I felt like God dealt with me that day. He said, son, don't just seek after what you used to know. Because there's so much more that's available. Can I, can I encourage somebody today? Don't just go through the motions of prayer. Don't just go through the motions of life because God has so much more in store for your life. If you'll dig deeper, if you'll say, all right, God, I know, I know what I felt. I, 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 I appreciate the liberty in which I feel when I pray, but God, I know you've got more. His word shows that there's more. There's things in this word of God that I've never seen in my lifetime. Brother Tuffy, I want to go to heaven, and when I go to heaven, and when I pass off this earth, I want to I see more than what I've seen thus far. It's not just about signs and wonders. Let me tell you something. I don't serve a lesser God than the God of the Bible. He can still do today what he did back then. I've seen God in this very church. I've seen God heal people instantly. I've seen God fill souls with the Holy Ghost and change their lives completely. 
deliver them from, from, from the bondage of, of addiction of, of several different kinds. I've seen these things happen. I have seen those that can hardly breathe begin to be able to breathe and even run the aisles, amen, on, on, in, in, in just moments from each other. I've seen those things. I've seen, I've seen people, when they come into the house of the Lord, they can't see. And when they leave, they can see. I've seen, I've, I've seen folks where they have died in a, in a service and they come back to life. I've seen those that have epilepsy healed by God and never have a seizure again. I've seen it. Those are pretty awesome things, Brother Tuffy. And I'm thankful that I've seen them. But I know there's more, Veronica. There's more to God than just those signs and wonders. He wants that deep relationship with each and every one of us. And, and, and I, I'm of the opinion, church, that, that God doesn't want just to use preachers to see these wonders come, come about. Now, I don't have this in my notes, but just go, go to uh, Mark chapter 16 real quick. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus is giving the commission here to his disciples, and he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And then verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that preach the word. No. It's not what it says, is it? What's it say, Brother Tuffy? Them that believe. So who's the believers? All of us. So as we go about our life, these types of things should be following us as we go. Does that mean you have to lay hands on every single one of them? No, it doesn't. I can tell you this much, there was a man, I still have no idea who it was. I, I read the story as a kid in school, and, it, and it, it fascinated me so much. And maybe you guys will know who it was, but um, he, it was back in the days of the Depression, and he was going through a, a warehouse of sewing machines. And, and they were there sewing and, and doing all the different things in the warehouse. And as he's walking through the warehouse, they turn around, and they hear this sound of prayer erupting from that place. It was Charles Finney. I thought that was who it was. But Charles Finney, as he's walking through this place, the people, the power of God had just begun to touch each and every person as he walked by them. If I'm not mistaken, it was he had just come off a fast and, and several days of, of deep prayer, something to that effect. Um, I'll have to go find the article again that I, I read. But it was it's amazing to me. Why, why, why is this a story of the past, folks? Why aren't we hearing this happen today? I don't know. But I know this much. Brother Tuffy, I want to see it happen right down here 
in this countryside. Next time, at Blast in the Park on July the 7th, what would happen if we spent a few days in, in fasting and prayer and said, God, every person that comes by our booth, God, let them feel the drawing power of the Holy Ghost. Man, it's the will of God, folks. It's the will of God for us to be, be out there. You know what? People, people are crazy sometimes. But let me tell you something. My heart's desire is to see. I don't care how crazy the person. I want to see them filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see God change their life. I, I, my heart goes out every day. When I drive through town or if I'm walking, I'll, I'll go take a walk every once in a while. And the other day I was out working in the yard and I looked up and here came a man that everybody in town knows as Crazy Carl. Brother Tuffy, wouldn't it be so beautiful for Crazy Carl to walk through those back doors one day? He could be methed out as, as far out of this world as possible. But I've seen God take even a cocaine addict. I watched him walk in. He's high as a kite. Less than five minutes, he's in the altar. We're praying with him. He's praying and seeking the Holy Ghost. And God sobered him up instantly. Watched it happen. Nobody wants these folks, but God does. God does. You know some folks in your life that God's given you. We, we preached about this many weeks ago, but God's put people on your heart to begin to seek his face for and to pray for and, and to, to, to intercede on behalf of. But I want you to understand, don't give up on them. But not only don't give up on them, but allow yourself to go deeper in the Holy Ghost. That Next time when you go work with that person or next time when you go have dinner with that person or next time when you just talk to them on the street, when they get to get around you, that they feel the glory of the Holy Ghost begin to engulf their life. I don't think it's, I don't think what I'm talking about is outlandish, folks. I think what I'm talking about is what God wants to happen. We've got to find, we've got to, we've got to reach this world. It doesn't mean we're going to be a, a, a mega church. I'm not looking to be a mega church, folks. But what I am looking to see is, is lives change like we've already seen thus far. Thank God for what he's done. But there's more people out there. There's more toughies out there. There's more toughies out there. There's, there's more Brandon Hiltons out there. There's more Veronicas out there that only we can reach. Only we can reach. Let me tell you something. The more we pray, the more this burden for these people will become. The heavier it will become. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is here this morning. He's speaking to our hearts today. Amen. I want to have a consistent prayer life. We need to be touched. We need to be changed by the Holy Ghost.
don't stop. Don't stop. I'll join you in praying for him. I'll join you in praying for him. Let the Holy Ghost do that. Don't ever stop him. Holy Ghost is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. think about something God can take that and he can grow it and he can make it a miracle and it just started with a thought that you had God can do it amen praise God amen well I know if I start teaching any more of this I'm going to end up running long I know today God is speaking to our hearts he's already started moving I want us to take this prayer time and I want us to take it serious and I really want us to I want us to dig into the Holy Ghost and say God I want to I want you guys probably think I'm crazy but I, I just want you to understand we, we need to cry out to God we need to call on the name of the Lord. Let his praises ring out. Let the Holy Ghost flow freely in this house today. We can't afford just to go through the motions of today's service. We've come today for a purpose. God has a purpose for the service this morning. We've got to tap in to where God's operating. So I want us to call on the name of the Lord. And I'm going to dismiss us from the Bible class, but I want us to be—I want us to get started at 11 o'clock and start praying and seeking the face of God. Let's let the glory of God lead us and guide us this morning. What do you say? Amen. We're dismissed this morning. Let's uh, let's begin praying at 11 o'clock here. <clears throat> Sure do.